Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. Support for this episode comes from Signature Bank of Arkansas. Founded here in Northwest Arkansas in 2005, Signature Bank of Arkansas is a full-service bank offering traditional checking, savings accounts, investment accounts, business and personal loans, and mortgages. When you bank with a community bank, you're investing in local businesses, local entrepreneurs, local charities, and the causes that are close to home. Signature Bank has worked hard to earn its tagline, Community Banking at its Best. Give the folks at Signature Bank a call today at 479-684-4700 or visit their website, Signature.Bank, and let them know you heard about them here first on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Signature Bank of Arkansas is a member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn.
Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. Not only am I sitting in front of the founder of one of my favorite restaurants here in Northwest Arkansas, but for those of you that really know me, I'm a wing guy, and I've been a wing guy all my life. And so I'm sitting here with Tom Gordon, one of the founders of Slim Chickens. And Tom was kind enough to to give me an audience and sit down with the I Am Northwest Arkansas family to share his story and tell us a little bit about Slim Chickens and how he got started. You know, one of the things that we like to think about here at I Am Northwest Arkansas is that we focus on the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life here in the Ozarks. And so Tom kind of fits into a number of those categories. So without further ado, Tom Gordon, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. Glad to, glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So listen, Tom, I would love for you. And one of the things we love to start off with is the individual, whoever we're interviewing, we love to get their superhero origin story. So I would love for you to kind of share a little bit about how you got started. And I mean, you can go back to kindergarten if you want, <laughs> but you can also go, you could start at college when, you know, when you guys got together and, and founded Slim Chickens. But I just, you know, whichever, wherever you want to start is up to you. That'd be great. How about we start in high school? Perfect. Just, just for a moment. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I knew my partner and co-founder, Greg Smart, in high school in Little Rock, Arkansas. And we were friends and we'd go, you know, out and fish and hunt and, you know, cause trouble on Friday nights together. And we separated apart, but, you know, we all went to different colleges. He went to Ole Miss. I went to TCU in Fort Worth. I got my degree in finance and real estate and, you know, thought I was going to be a stockbroker. And I was glamorous back then and I was curious about it. And I got my job at, at a, a large nationally known you know, House Merrill Lynch back then. And, you know, that began kind of a journey because it only took about a month to realize I didn't like doing that. You know, I was cold calling folks for bonds. It was just not what I wanted to do. And, and I just couldn't quite make it fit in my mind that this would be the, the career for me forever. So I uh, stopped that and then my restaurant career began. So it was interesting because I, you know, I had a finance and real estate degree, but I went straight into just waiting tables and tended bar and and started working for uh, Macaroni Grill back in the heyday of Mac Grill for Brinker. And, uh, you know, I did every job in the restaurant and, you know, I was pretty good at it. I liked it. It was active. And after several years, they they offered me a post as an area director, someone who would manage, you know, four or five restaurants. And I turned it down. I just didn't want to, I just didn't want to do it. I didn't know why. I think it was the entrepreneurial itch that I, I couldn't articulate back then, but I want to do something for myself. And so from there, I moved to Los Angeles and I worked for Sunset Conglomerate Restaurants. We had the Miyagi Sushi Bars and Saddle Ranch Chop Houses and, you know, did big box volumes in LA. And, you know, it was a, a great learning experience for me. And I, I, I tell everybody, you know, going out on your own in your 20s and carving out a life without any help in a big city is a, it's a very formative thing. And, you know, you feel like you can conquer the world if you can carve out your own niche and, and do something. So I did that for a while. And, and you know, about... Two years into that, Greg and I started talking about the Slim Chickens concept. And we spent a year, year and a half kind of working on the idea, ideating the brand, thinking about the menu and how we would do it together as a group. And eventually I said, all right, let's do it. And moved from LA here to Northwest Arkansas in Fayetteville and Slim Chickens began. Okay. So I'm trying to connect the dots here because did you have family or connections or a relationship here in Northwest Arkansas? I didn't have anything in Northwest Arkansas. I had family in Little Rock. And, but, you know, it was growing like crazy up here. And Greg had told me how great it was up here. Yeah. What a great place to, 
live and work and all things about a great community. And also, there was no concept like what we wanted to do up here either. We'd seen some of these throughout the Southeast, but in Northwest Arkansas, there was nothing like it. And so it was also not only a great place to live and work, but a, a fertile ground for a new concept. Yeah. You know, I, lo- I love that idea. And, and I'm just curious, out of all of those different places that you worked, what was it about this concept or about chicken that you said, you know, this was probably the, the route that we want to go? I mean, because you did sushi, you did a lot of different things. So, Well, it was more about the intersection of opportunity with geography. You know, there was, there was just nothing here that was like what we wanted to do. And it was growing so fast, and, and still is, as you well know, that we thought it'd be a great place to, to be, start a concept. And then we, we believed that we could springboard off to Tulsa and Kansas City and Little Rock and Dallas, and we've done all that, you know, since then. But those things together made Northwest Arkansas where we wanted to be. Greg was here working in retail before, and like I said, he loved it, and it was just a good spot to start. Yeah. So, well, that, that's awesome. And then, so your original concept is everything that you originally started out with at Slim Chicken still mostly on the menu, or did you change some things as you as you grew? I think we've certainly evolved. We've improved things over the years, subtle tweaks to process and efficiency. And But when it comes to the food, I mean, everything that we had originally, we have, we've just added some items on the menu, some desserts and chicken and waffles like we've talked about before and yeah. and those sort of things. But all the original items are still there and, and we still sell a whole lot of them. Yeah. And then you've added the signature sandwiches recently. That's right. I, I think that have been really tasty. Yeah. I've had a few of those and I really enjoy them. So. So what do you have to say about just the evolution of Northwest Arkansas as a whole? I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, some people that are from here, they know, right? I mean, they some people have been here as long as I have, which is six years or less. Other people are, are just getting here and still some people that have been here for a lifetime and have seen so many fundamental changes in the area. What do you, what really stands out in your mind about how this area has continued to evolve? Well, it's, it's a unique part of the country. And it's unique for several reasons. One, you got the university here, which is a vibrant hub of activity and thought leadership and learning and education. And it's a great, it's a great anchor to the community. But then also, fortunately, we have three Fortune 50 organizations that are based here in Northwest Arkansas. You know, Walmart, Tyson, JB Hunt, and lots of others as well. And all of these kind of generate an ecosystem that is, feels like a much bigger city. There's, there's culture and arts and music and restaurants and great things that a place this size often doesn't get or doesn't get as soon as we have gotten it here in Northwest Arkansas. And for those reasons, you know, it's a great place for business. It's a great place for us to recruit. It's a great place to raise children. School systems are amazing in every community up here. And, you know, this area really has been a great springboard for our organization to, to go from. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as you were saying that, I'm, I was thinking about some of my experiences and interactions there at Slim Chickens. And I've noticed that, you know, a lot of times these young people nowadays get a bad rap, right, in terms of their ability to interact with the public and what have you. But I have noticed, and I don't know what it, what it is, is, it might be part of your training, and maybe you can kind of share that with the audience today, but your folks tend to be dialed in, right? And and there's a difference. You know what I'm talking about, sure. too. You go to some places and it's like, hello, is anybody home? I come to Slim Chickens and, you know, people are greeting you. They're looking you in their eye and your eye and, you know, really engaging you and connecting with you, which I found to be very, even in a a fast, casual restaurant, I found that to be really nice. And so what have you guys done 
internally to kind of amp that up. Right. Well, you know, the restaurant business is not just making widgets in a, in a factory that's unseen by the public, you know, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but the restaurant business is hospitality and, you know, good food is table stakes. Good service is table stakes. If you don't have those two things, you're not going to, you're not going to make it. But we believe in teaching hospitality. We want to make sure our people engage our guests. We want the team members experience to be as good as the guest experience. We want happiness and cohesive interactions between all of our folks in the restaurants. And so we do spend probably an inordinate amount of time thinking and training true hospitality. You know, it is speak and look in someone's eyes and what well, can I get you and go the extra mile? Can I get you a refill? Can I get you anything else? Can I clear your plate for you? Those things are part of the brand and part of the, you know, essence of the brand. But that essence is, is taking care of people and taking care of guests, hospitality. And where that really ends up going is it's the experience. And I, you know, I've done interviews and podcasts where I've said, you know, I, I like the experience business. I like restaurants. I like hotels. I like travel. I like giving people an opportunity to have an experience they may not have had otherwise. Right. Yeah. Well, you guys are certainly doing a good job of it. And I know at some point in the arc of the growth of Slim Chickens, you guys realized, was it that you came to a conclusion that you couldn't do it on your own in terms of taking over the world with Slim Chickens, that you were going to add franchisees to the mix? What was the whole franchise model? Was that initially in the original stages of the company or at some point did you decide this is when we're going to do that? We always felt like franchising would be a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Because it is using others' capital to expand the brand. We started this business with almost nothing. You know, we were destitute for 10 years. You know, we didn't make any money at all. And so part of the formula was always going to be franchising to allow the brand expand. Yeah. What we did not know at the time was what the mix would be, what the ratio would be. We have over the past, I don't know, five or six years as we have built out the corporate team here in Northwest Arkansas and, you know, the dozen or so people we have working around the country. The franchising really is the engine that best fits with how the brand is positioned. We have franchisees that want the brand. People want it and people want to put it in their markets. People want to serve their communities with this brand. And so our focus now is largely on the franchising side of the business. And that's the majority of the stuff that we'll do going forward. Okay. And speaking of which, you haven't let any grass grow into your feet as a company because you have expanded beyond the confines of this continent. You are in Ireland, right? We are in the UK. In we have, UK. We have okay. 11 restaurants in the UK okay. and we have two restaurants in Kuwait. In Kuwait. Yeah. That's right. And now which one opened first? Was it Kuwait or the UK locations? Kuwait opened first. Okay. All right. And, and how's that going out there? Kuwait's been good. You know, it's, they've been very shut down with COVID as you might imagine. So is the UK. Right. The, our UK partners actually saw one of the stores in Kuwait on one of their travels and called us. We got in touch and. The UK business has been great. I mean, it's been phenomenal. We have a great partnership group over there and the people of the UK just love it. And we've, we've had a good run over there. Right. So chicken is kind of taking over, what is it? Fish and chips. <laughs> I don't know about taking over, but we're certainly going to be a viable option for a there, long time. There you go. There you go. Well, listen, I know you said something earlier that, that stood out in terms of just the 10 year struggle. And, you know, there's some famous stories and I would love to just kind of tap into that because I know a lot of people listening to this, there's some people that want to start a business. Maybe they're thinking about coming here to relocate a business or, you know, and they're listening to what you're saying about, you know, the, the trials and tribulations that you went through to get where you are now. Right. And so what could you share about like that experience, that first 10 years that really kind of 
molded you into the business person that you are today? I know there's a famous story out there about how one of you, either you or your partner, Greg, had to consider selling a car to make payroll. But And that gets real, right? As a business owner, that gets real. But I would love for you to just talk a little bit about that and how that has informed how you operate Slim Chickens today. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big big question to drive through. But let me <laughs> let me see if I can I can do some of it. The that famous story is right, and in fact, we I think twice we were in a position where we were like throwing rock paper scissors to see who's going to sell a truck to make payroll. <laughs> that did happen. We also used to not put out paychecks until six o'clock on Friday, so we could take all the money out of the registers on Friday after the lunch business and deposit it to make payroll. We did that for a long time. Yeah. In terms of what it did for me as an entrepreneur and a business person, it, you know, hindsight's always 2020 and you look back and you realize that we were woefully undercapitalized to do, to execute the vision that we wanted to execute, you know, whatever that was. We just didn't, we we're undercapitalized to do that. Yeah. So we spent a lot of time, you know, with our back against the wall and there was really only two paths. It was, you know, bankruptcy forever or success. And so we had to find a way with those we worked with to, Try to ensure the path to success. What that meant to us at the time was high levels of communication with vendors, with bankers, with our staff. If something couldn't happen because of the financial situation, we want to get ahead of it. You know, we didn't want to let that be a surprise to anybody. We worked with our vendors, worked with our bankers, and tried to be very communicative. And I guess the, a big lesson out of that for me, and, and I, I think for anybody, is you know, don't let those who you work with be surprised even by a problem. Make sure you're ahead of it. Make sure you're working with all those folks who have supported your business and and try to stay ahead of those things. Because if you can stay ahead of it, you can often work it out and find some path. That was very important to us because we didn't we couldn't write a check to solve problems. Yeah. And we had to keep food in the restaurant and we had to keep people in the restaurant and we had to keep the restaurant open. And and that also meant, you know, Craig and I working a hundred hours a week for years and years and years. And look, you know, we just were hard headed and committed and we didn't want to give up. And, you know, eventually it paid off. Yeah. I love that story. And I think people need to hear that too, because, you know, it's, a lot of times you see, like, I look at you now and I see the end result, right? Well, you're not done. You're still, you're still conquering the world with your great chicken. But I look at you and I'm like, well, okay, well, you've kind of gotten to that place, but you're still hungry. You still have a desire to see, you know, greater accomplishments. But I think it speaks volumes. And I, and I know you, I also read somewhere where you, you talked about, how important it was to have a strong banking relationship mm-hmm. and how that really plays into it. And I've talked on this podcast several times. I've, I've had uh, Gary Head yeah, on the podcast, sure. which is a huge community banker. Yeah. And I've talked about the importance. If you're starting a business, the first thing you have to have is a strong banking relationship. That's right. And it's actually one of the reasons why so many people are still struggling to get their PPP monies because they don't have a good banking relationship. And I would love for you just to kind of just share your thoughts on what that meant for you, because you, A, you said a couple of things. You're, you were able to manage expectations all the way around, suppliers, vendors, employees, everybody knew, hey, you know, I'm not going to let you down. And if anybody's going to take the L, it's going to be Tom here that's and right. not somebody else. But, you know, I think that's important. And a lot of times in business, we don't take the time to manage other people's expectations. But I would love for you to just share the importance of that local banking relationship. Sure. You know, in the beginning, you have to have a place to deposit your dollars, and that's that's where you start. Luckily for me, I ran into some really great, I mean, just true blue, wonderful people that were willing to help. Yeah. And, you know, and willing to, as long as I communicated up front, 
bend the rules a little bit <laughs> to allow us to survive. And, you know, I, there are, are people, and I couldn't possibly name them or the bank because I'm afraid I might still get them in trouble. But, you know, I still work with them today. I still talk to them today. Right. We still go have coffee today. Yeah. Because, you know, look, they saved us on, on more than one occasion. because And, you know, they did it because they could. And they did it because I asked. They did it because I didn't surprise them with problems. I said, listen, this is coming. Here's how we can solve this. I need three more days or whatever. Yeah. But those people really made a huge difference for us. And and they will for, you know, for any small business. I think that if you have your business plan put together for something you want to do, thinking about being capitalized in a more appropriate way right. so you don't have to wrestle those demons is a better way to go. But inevitably, you're going to have a couple of times and issues where you got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that speaks volumes to, you know, what I find to be a strong entrepreneurial mindset here in Northwest Arkansas. Very much. And I think people are willing to bet on new opportunities here because this area is growing. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you imagine the growth that we're going to experience just in the next 15, 20 years? That's right. I mean, it's going to be off the charts. So speaking of growth, where do you see Slim Chickens in the next five to 10 years? I mean, so, and I'm going to switch gears on you now and, and have you put your Nostradamus hat on and tell us what you think the future holds, you know, for you guys specifically, but also for, you know, just chicken in general as a staple, you know, within a restaurant. Well, chicken as a protein in the United States and around the world isn't going to go away. I mean, there's no political or religious objection that I know of to chicken anywhere. No. And, and there is to beef and pork in different places around the world. Right. Chicken's also the least expensive protein that is natural that you can grow. And so it's going to have a place on tables and have a place in restaurants, I think, forever. You know, for us, it's we love it. We love chicken and we love the recipes we put out and then the food that we put out. And, you know, we believe that there is going to be continued demand and a wide swath of growth for us over the next 10 years. You know, now we're in the phase where the company is in great shape and we can be more strategic and thoughtful about how we can build restaurants for our franchisees and have a much better track record and be more successful and shore up the risk that we just couldn't see in the early days. So our path is to, you know, being a multi-billion dollar brand, we believe that path is imminent. Yeah. We believe that we are going to work every day and every year to get to, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of restaurants around the world. And that is what the leadership team here is committed to and what the team's committed to. Okay. Well, and then what would you say to a young version of yourself, a young Tom Gordon or a young, a young Greg Smart and if that might be listening to this thinking, man, I want to, I want to do what you're doing. What mm-hmm. would you say to them? I'd say go for it. And I would say that, you know, the sky's the limit. If you can persevere, you can communicate, if you can stay ahead. But I've also said, and this is not the first time I've said this, is that if I look back at my younger self and what would I say to a young Tom Gordon to be like, you know, just relax. Everybody's got a perspective. Be willing to hear it. Yeah. Maybe fight a little less. I mean, you know, I, I rubbed some people the wrong way in my younger, more aggressive days. But, you know, I, I say that now, but I, I may not be here today if I wouldn't have. It's hard to know. But I think being more open and thoughtful to other ideas is, is valuable. I mean, I was somewhat closed off to that early on, but I was focused on slims, you know. Right, right. Well, and there's nothing wrong with having that kind of tunnel vision. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I totally get that. So we didn't really talk about it much. And of course, the pandemic has played a major role in how any restaurant or any service provider sure. is operating. And one of the things that we've done over the last year is we really gave voice to 
those service industries that were really struggling at this time. A lot of people out of work, food insecurity, the whole nine yards. If you had to sum it up, how have you guys faced this and overcome what was really a rough time for everybody? It really, really was. And and I've got friends of mine in the white tablecloth business that just suffered so mightily and are just now, if they survived, kind of getting back, trying to get back to some sense of normalcy. You know, for us, because we had the app and online ordering and drive-throughs, we were in a good position to really be able to take advantage of the need of the guest. You know, it wasn't necessarily just, hey, we want to be in here to sell, but like the community needed us and we felt like that and we wanted to make sure we were here for the community. Yeah. You know, th- those first weeks, like we were talking about of, of the, the last weeks of March and first weeks of April were, were scary times, but the leadership team here and my partners here, we committed, we said, look, we're not going to furlough anybody. We're not going to cut paychecks for anybody. First paychecks to get cut will be mine and we're going to try to make this work. And so I think, I think we did. And we ended up having a, a good year because we were well positioned to serve those communities in those channels that I just discussed. And, you know, we were able to hire and add jobs and, and we're still doing that. No, that, that's awesome. And as a, as a customer, as I was sharing with you earlier, I could certainly attest to that. We, we spent quite, quite a many, I mean, it was like one of our few getaways was, was getting sure. takeouts at Slim's and, and, you know, we just, we almost didn't go out for, I don't think maybe six or seven months, oh, yeah. but we did get takeout. And, right. and that was the one thing that we tried to do. We tried to get takeout from as many places as we could go. But if I had to, press myself and see how many times you went to Slim's. I think that was <laughs> on the order of everything because I've got three growing boys. That was probably the highest That's you right. know, rated place that we went. And you guys did a great job of that. And I did notice that, you know, the attitude, as I said earlier, of, of your employees was was always very positive and everybody was always willing to help out whenever, you know, we had an order or anything like that. So you guys are doing a great job with that. I'm glad to hear that and I appreciate the compliment. We we strive for those things, hospitality, service, you know, friendliness, those are really important things to us. And look, you know, I've, I've got two boys too. I mean, you, you can only cook at home so many nights where you got to just break out and get something oh, else. You have to. Everybody so, needs everybody needs an escape from the kitchen every now that's and right. then. So. so, you know, we we did it too. We, we go through those drive throughs once, twice a week and get, you know, lunch or dinner for everybody and, and, and try to support other restaurants as well. Because you know, in the end, it was tough for a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Uh, Slim Chickens will be fine. You know, I, I think that supporting... Everybody in Northwest Arkansas is in this business is important right now. Yeah, it helps us all. It helps us all. So real quickly, before we close out, any books or anything that you've read that have really guided you have been kind of a North Star for you in terms of what you're doing? And it may not necessarily be a book. It may be an individual. But what really, what I mean, outside of what you're doing here at Slim Chickens, what has moved Tom Gordon you know, further in advance of where you're going? I'll tell you, a, a book and a person. How about okay, that? That's perfect. One of each. When I was in college, I used to go work in Montana on a ranch and I'd ride a horse and work cows and be out in the mountains. And we had some guests there too that would do fly fishing and stuff like that. But I read a, a Ben Yaguda's biography of Will Rogers. And, you know, people in this day and age don't really know who Will Rogers was. He was such a man of his time, but it now history has gone by and he's, he's, you know, just not as well known. But that book was important to me because here's a guy, kind of the last of the Cowboys, and decided he was going to do everything his own way. Yeah. It was his program, how he wanted to do it. <laughs> He's going to make success out of himself. It just was inspiring. You know, I'm like, that is the kind of mindset that I wanted to have. Yeah. And I tried to get my 14-year-old to read it. He, he gave it a little <laughs> bit of a shot, but it might take to your 18 or 19 to read right. it. But whatever. He'll, he'll read it at some point. Absolutely. 
anyway, that's, I, it just it made an impact on me. Sure. And I'm not sure if it, that book will make the same impact on everybody, but I thought it was it was great. And it was the right time in my life. You know, I was in my late teens, about to be 20, didn't know where I was really going or what I want to do. And it was important. Well, I'm a big student of biographies, actually, because I think, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. And if you read, I mean, if you read a biography, you, you can glean so much from the life of somebody else. I know right. I've, I've read Ben Franklin's Ulysses S. Grant by Ron Chernow is amazing. And you start to really, especially historical figures, you start to really, you know, you see what they went through. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree 100%. person that made an influence on me that, that I just remember because it's such a great story is when I had four restaurants, I got to meet a guy named Ralph Mason. Ralph Mason was at one point, the largest Sonic franchisee in the system. And I got to go to his office in Oklahoma City and sit and have lunch with him. And, you know, it was like you're in the presence of royalty. Right. And you sit there and you just want to listen. And he was in his 70s, late 70s, probably. And we talked and, you know, I just tried to discuss with him. And, and you know, and I wanted to be him. Like, I wanted yeah. 400 restaurants. And I asked him, I said, you know, how did you do this? Like, I want to be like you. I want to have a big system. I want to take care of people. I want to have a lot of restaurants. I want to make money. And, and he said, he looked at me and he goes, well, Tom. And I thought, man, here it comes. I'm, I'm about to catch the golden egg right here. <laughs> and I was ready for him to tell me. And he goes, one store at a time. That's it. <laughs> and, you know, I just, I, I tell that story all the time because yeah, it's just so true. I mean, you got to make them all work. And the only way to make them all work is one at a time. Right. You know, it's like it's almost like when you tell somebody, how do you get somewhere? It's like steady plotting and nobody wants to hear that because it's not sexy. It's no. not, you know, it's just you get in, you, you roll up your sleeves and you get your, you get right. your hands dirty. And that's what it takes. We so. talk about the 10 years overnight success. I mean, that, that yeah. was that was true. And I, I don't know how many, you know, really wealthy guys I've, I spoke to in my younger days about business. And they all said, you know, you don't make any money till you're 40. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm going to beat that. I'll get so far ahead of that. I didn't. I was right right there on the track. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, speaking of Northwest Arkansas, if somebody listening to this that doesn't know a lot about this area, what is one thing that really stands out to you about Northwest Arkansas? Maybe something that you like to do when you're off time or that really, you know, is is one of the reasons that kind of keeps you grounded here outside of slims. But yeah. Well, I I think that it's it's hard to separate, you know, life and work for all of us, right? Yeah, absolutely. Northwest Arkansas has a wonderfully supportive entrepreneurial and startup community. Yep. And that's been a great support system for all of us. But then you you range the whole whole gamut to the gigantic organizations that are here. And I think that mix of people that want to do their own thing along with, you know, big time experienced executives that come in and out of Northwest Arkansas for these big companies, you know, that alchemy is really interesting and it really allows for opportunities to bubble up. And so if you've got that and you've got a great place to live that's supportive of families and kids and arts and music and life, and it's a great mix and a great blend of ideas, cultures, and it's a very open and welcoming place. And it, it's been it's been great for, for me and my family and, and my company. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Finally, finally, if someone if I press somebody that knew you really well and said what what is Tom's favorite quote? Or what do you hear come out of Tom's mouth all the time? What would it be? Man, I don't know. What comes out of my mouth all the time? I don't know if I could say it on air. Probably what I say more than anything else. But <laughs> um, I tell you what I what I tell my team all the time, which I think is kind of a mantra that we try to live by, is I tell them, never tell yourself, I'll get to it tomorrow. Yeah. You can get to it today. Do it. Do it today. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Make that call, send that last email, go check on that one restaurant, whatever it is that you got to do. If it's doable today, do it today. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. So. I just don't say never tell yourself that. Yeah. Just, just never let that be right. the mindset. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice. I need that. I, it just, that helps me. I'm writing a book and I need that that reminder every day that I've got to get up and get some writing in. So yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. I, you know, I still do it too. I'll say, man, I'll do it tomorrow. I'm like, wait a minute. No. Can't do it. <laughs> I got to live by my own creed here. <laughs> right. So yeah. It's just important if you, if you can, if you say it out loud and think about it. Yeah then it kind of pops up in your daily life. Absolutely. I love that. Well, we'll end on that note. Tom Gordon, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time to sit down with me and share a little bit of your story uh, here at Slim Chickens and what you and Greg have done over the years. I congratulate you. You guys will be 20 years soon, so that's a big deal. Big deal. Uh, But we really appreciate it. And thank you for just sharing your story with my audience. It's been great. I appreciate you coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can also subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Our podcasts come out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.